Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, we're talking about it right here on Locked On Kentucky. This edition of the show is brought to you by Burt Sheet Metal. I'll tell you a little bit more about them in just a bit. We are going to be sharing Kyle Tucker's conversation with Mitch Barnhart, UK Athletics Athletic Director. Um, and he had a lot of interesting things to say about John Calipari, about alcohol sales. So let's just jump right in. The quote-unquote lifetime contract, mm-hmm. when you talk about Cal, in your mind, what precipitated that? How Was there a significant concern that he was going to go somewhere else? You know, and, I, I, and how important was it to you to, like, do whatever it took to make sure that didn't. Yeah, I, I don't know that there was uh, there was great concern that he was going to go someplace else. I know there's people there was people uh, talking about it. Um, he is an important part of our university, and I think that he is such a um, he's more than a basketball coach for us. Um, he's a great ambassador for Kentucky. Um, I think he loves this place. I think he has a genuine love for for the state of Kentucky and that, that how special this run has been for him too. I think if you'd ask him, he'd say the same thing. It's been a special run. Um, you're talking about a, a run of 10 years in excess of 300 wins at a place. That's pretty remarkable. And, you know, four Final Fours, you, you've got the, you can go through all that. Um, but he does more than basketball for us. Um, and he represents um, our people extremely well. Um, he is a spokesperson for the university uh, in in matters that go beyond basketball. His charitable work. Um, if we needed to say we needed to do this to showcase the University of Kentucky to go do something for whatever cause A, B, or C, and you, we need you, Cal. I'm there. He would do it. Um, and he's got a presence and an understanding, and he's well read. Um, an intelligence that allows him to to speak to a variety of topics. So it's it's more than basketball. And he and Ellen have become, and she is uh, she has embraced this place, and they've embraced her. And I think the, the, the it's a special place for them. So why is so the contract itself? And we all know it's not a lifetime deal. But what it did, we hopefully secured him for for a period of time where he gets to say, you know what, Um, I get to finish what I started. And for all of us that appreciate what he does in the game of basketball and beyond, it allows us to know that there's security in that. I think in the ever-changing world, I just spoke to that, the consistency of of staffs, stability, um, those things are important. And for us, We've always said we wanted this place to be a destination place, not a transition place. And and I don't know if there's, you know, people can argue this all day long. They can say what they want to say. Um, there's probably not, you know, half dozen jobs in all of basketball, NBA and NCAA basketball, that you can talk about being a destination job and never leaving. And this is one of them. And so that's what we wanted to say to him. Make this this is your destination. We want it to be our destination, so let's just make sure that we're in the same spot. So you talk about how, you know, the appreciation for what he's done. What what was your reaction to Kyle Macy, the critique of Calipari's method, 
the idea of putting NBA over in his mind NBA over NCAA titles and all that, um, and and also the assertion that he doesn't feel welcome. Yeah, I, I think Cal has been amazingly welcoming to all players. Um, I'm not going to get into Kyle's comments, and I think those are uh, you probably need to ask him about those. Um, I think that in reference to former players, I go down to, I'll go down to practice. There's, there's people down there all the time. There's never a time that he hasn't made people feel welcome. Um, there's uh, the assertion that that um, that the NBA is more important than this is that that than Kentucky is is just not true. Um, he, he all you have to do is go spend the first ten minutes in the cooling off period with Cal in his office after a game to determine exactly how important it is for him to win in the losing. There's no one. The wears on on his sleeve any harder than Cal, and if you don't get that by how hard he coaches on the sidelines and how much it means to him that he is trying to make everyone better to the highest level, and if he gets them all collectively better at the highest level, we're going to win a lot of games and do some really really cool things. So I don't buy into that theory at all, and um, you know I think that we've been remarkably successful um, in an era uh, where. Um, the players have obviously the one and done piece has had a remarkable impact on the game. His roster's changed. He's still been successful, and he takes great pride in making sure that um, that we're at the forefront of every conversation. That's why we do the things that we do with regards to uh, the MTEs and the trips to the Bahamas and the foreign tours, whatever you want to call it, and making sure that our kids are growing in the game. I mean, if he was, you know. There's several of our players who are going to get to the NBA with or without his help, right? And they could have gone anywhere to get to the NBA. Uh, the fact that they came to Kentucky, um, there's multiple reasons. One of those reasons is the opportunity to put together a collective good to go win a championship. And we've done that once. They're hard to get. <laughs> Newsflash. They're really difficult. Yep. Okay? Yep. Champion. Hey, we just think we'd like to win five in a row. Well, terrific. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've made that point a lot to people. It's, Come on, man. They're hard. Yeah. We've been to four Final Fours. We've been on the precipice of the – you don't get to four Final Fours without having an attention to try and win a championship. No. We've been to four of them. We've been in the championship game twice. So it's not like we're not making an effort. Right. Um, I, think, I think that his attention to championship-level performance here has been remarkable. Do you keep an actual list of names – for the whatever day it is that that John Calipari does move on, I mean, do you have a do you have a, a working list of always, guys that I always laugh at people to? that say they've got the list, they've got the next five guys, nice next five people on every job in their department <laughs> in their in their pocket. Okay, great, good for you. That's not how I do it. So no, no, because I know what the next question is. Give me your list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you do have a list. You just no, don't, don't want to give it I to don't. me. When you look at like Penny Hardaway at Memphis, Jawan Howard now at Michigan. Is there a is there a former Kentucky player that just looking way down the road you look at and go that guy maybe that's a guy someday that could could come back home and lead the program? I think this job is a special job in so many ways, and it takes a special special person. And I've really been given that any thought to be honest with you. Um, I think it would take um, someone with the unique energy to do that. 
Um, it is a job that's more than just a basketball coaching job. Mm -hmm. So you must understand that when you take the job. It is a CEO platform at the highest level in college basketball or in the game of basketball. And you got to understand that. So it's got to be something you're not um, that, that you're not a, you're not afraid of or that you want to embrace. And that's really hard. So I, to, to say that, and I haven't really given it. There's plenty of guys with an incredible basketball knowledge. I'm sure in our in our our bandwidth of of Kentucky basketball players, um, whether that is there's someone in that mix, I haven't really given that any thought. I'm sure that there's some really talented guys that would would be an asset to the game. Coming up next, we're going to hear from more from Mitch Barnhart, including Kyle asking him how long he is going to stay at his current post. But before that, let me tell you guys about Birch Sheet Metal. If you need metal roofing or siding for a residential or agricultural project, go direct to where it's made. That's Birch Sheet Metal. They've got classic rib panels cut to order with a 40-year warranty in 15 colors plus galvalum and economy grade. And they have all the trim and accessories to match. You can call at 859-485-1928 or check out birdsheetmetal.com. That's B-U-R-C-H sheetmetal.com. They've also got bubble insulation, permanent belt, sliding door tracks, and aluminum frame rails. Bird Sheet Metal is located in Walton, Kentucky. Give them a call at 859-485-1928 or check out birdsheetmetal.com. Don't pay lumberyard prices for metal. Go direct to where it's made. That's Bird Sheet Metal. You are locked on Kentucky. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. What sort of spurred this urgency to change things in college basketball? Was this FBI investigation two and a half, you know, yeah. opening up two and a half years ago? And so I've, I've kind of always wanted to ask you this, just, uh, you know, what is it like to be in your chair? When, when that story breaks, mm -hmm. do you call Cal and his staff in here and say, hey, are we in this? Do you just say, I trust that we're not, and not ask that question? Yeah, I, mean, I think we've got a good set of checks and balances in place at Kentucky. Um, we've got a, a really remarkable group of people that, that help guide us through um, you know, the, the rules that exist and making sure that we're within those boundaries. Um, we've hired a, a, a guy that um, loves being here, and his staff has a, an affinity for being here. And, uh, you know, the good, we're at a, at a really unique and special place in college basketball. So um, I think the, um, the trust that, that we have in, in that combination is pretty special. Um, and, you know, it's, do we, when something like that hits you, you know, certainly you're talking and saying, you know, wow. Um, that's a difficult thing for the game and uh, we don't want to be a part of that and I think there's mutual agreement on every front that would say not only do we not want to be a part of it we're not and so I you know you there's you, you cannot foresee the future and people make mistakes but I have great confidence and great trust in our staff and our coaches and, and the people that support this effort so I'm, I've, I've been confident in, in, in our processes and, and in that. So, uh, and that's why uh, I think he's one of the, the great coaches in the country. And, uh, and our program's in, in a good spot. And, uh, 
just as, as everybody else, we just want to try and find a way to get back to Final Fours and win, hang, hang banners. You know, that's uh, to a large degree, uh, it is what our program gets measured on in terms of the competitive success. Um, and there's no one that wants that more than Cal and his staff and, and our department. You sort of answered it by uh, the confidence question, but how I guess I would ask it more pointedly, how confident were you through that whole process as there were trials and witnesses come to the stand and, and all these things that Kentucky was not ever going to be mentioned in that? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I, I can't speak to what people's words would be or what their thoughts would be, or, or but I knew one thing that, that I, I felt confident that, that Cal has been incredibly transparent with me um, and, and with our program and with our people. And uh, uh, sometimes he's bluntly honest with me about things that, you know, I don't want to hear. You know, and I'm not talking about rule stuff. You know, he might say something to me and, um, and pass, you know, after a game or something like that, you know. And, and, and we've had some conversations that, you know, have always have been tough. Um, lots more good ones. And uh, our relationship is, is one of trust and confidence. And so I felt confident that we were in a really good spot. Um, and I'll say good spot, but in terms of the where the college basketball universe and conversation was going, I, I was, uh, I was, uh, my friendship and my working relationship with him it was one that, that I was confident in Kentucky and confident in our basketball program. Cal had to start answering this last year. How long can you do this? No, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, I, um, um, you know, I, I, I still enjoy what I do. Um, I spoke to our staff today at an all-staff meeting, and I told them, I said, this is the, the time of year that uh, we get to put the administrative hats aside and begin to think about competing again. And, and that's good. Um, for the most part, that's good. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, it, it does ratchet up your, your nerves a little bit. And I think in a day that it doesn't do that, you probably need to think about whether you still like, in, like being in it. Um, but I think that the, the, the edge of knowing that competition is just around the corner, I think it's, if anybody competes a lot, uh, that, that is always a, a good nervousness. And um, you're still getting it? Yeah, so. I still get it. So, you know, I... Um, I always joke around about the, the coming out of the tunnel or walking down the hall or whatever it happens to be to competition with your team. Whatever team that is, is special. And the, dis, the, the joy and the disappointments that, that follow those when you're walking back in. And very seldom you get to walk back in joyful. Right. I mean, at the very end, the last one's always tough, right? Because very seldom, unless you won the whole thing, there's not a lot of times you get to walk back in and go, boy, that was... So it always ends abruptly, um, and uh, but it's uh, there's still a, an emotional attachment to what we do, and I, we we get so caught up in things away from the game, the, the contest, that that it's um, it's always a good um, draw drawing you back in to remind you, man, this is what we what we get to do. In competing and, and going into the contest with with our coaches and our our young people, boy, it's it's a real treasure. And the day that that ceases to be the case is probably the day that that I need to 
<laughs> head to the proverbial farm. Yeah. Another quick break, and then we'll wrap with Mitch Barnhart talking about alcohol sales and the common fan versus big donor debate. You are locked on Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Was the reaction to the no alcohol, public alcohol sales, what you expected? Was there anything about the public reaction that surprised you? No, I think that it's it's a it's an issue. There's there's uh, certainly strong feelings on all sides, and um, I think people sometimes uh, don't know that there was great thought put into it from a lot of different places. Um, I'm the one that has to deliver the message, um, but I'm not the only one in the conversation. So um, it's, a, it's a university decision we made at this point in time. And, uh, you know, and we'll, there's others in our league that are going through those same conversations. And I'm sure that there's plenty of ways to, to have an opinion on it. And, uh, uh, but it didn't surprise me, no. Do you think you articulated the decision and the thought process exactly the way you wanted to that day? Or is there um, anything, is there anything else you would want to say, I guess? No, yeah, to, I think, I think that, I think that if you'd say a couple things that, that you know, that it's, um, you know, you, you're trying to do what you think is best for your program at the, at that time. Um, there's a contained space that right now that, that there's alcohol being served and it's for a small number of folks. Um, and it's not in the masses. Um, and it's not close to our field of play. And that may work some places at this point in time. It's not an area that we want to go. Um, how I articulated that, if it came across not like everyone wanted, I apologize for that. But it's the, my goal in the whole thing was to say, hey, you know, look, this is hard. These are hard decisions. Um, and at the end of the day, um, there's responsibilities that, that we have that uh, we need to think about. And... Uh, you know, that's part of what we are told. We That's part of our job. Um, so, um, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want it to be, so I guess my, and then I made the comment, we'll, we'll always take information and keep watching. I'm going to watch what everybody does this year in our league. There'll be, there's going to be some that are going to probably add it here later, late in the game in the, as we prepare for the season. And if they do, that's fine. There'll be those in our league that are going to not do it. And we'll sort. I'm gonna watch it, see what, see where it goes. Um, there's, uh, there's no right answer, and it's not a judgment on, on anybody or anything. It's just what I feel like is the safest um, thing for our, the safest spot for our program right now. And I wanted people to understand it isn't a, it isn't a revenue issue for us. Um, it's just not. It's it's not a I'm not thinking about it in those terms. Um, but I asked you kind of asked you about this that day, but it, 
I think the most common, for people that are upset about it, I think the most common sort of simplified reaction is, and I said this to you, people that have the big money donors can be trusted to have alcohol and the, and the, the average fan cannot be trusted to drink responsibly at a game. So how do you, how would you explain that not being the case? Yeah, it's not a matter of trust. It's a matter of numbers. You know, we're talking about 60,000 people in a stadium at our place and 20,000 in, in basketball. Proximity to our field with our young people. Um, it is about, you know, our ability to secure our facilities um, in a way that makes it safe for everybody and whatever that venue is, and that everybody that coming has an experience um, that, that they want. Um, and I'm not sure serving alcohol makes everybody's experience better. Um, you know, it isn't a matter of trust, um, and it, but it is a matter of our ability to be able to, to give the game day experience to the majority of what we're doing. And I'm not sure we've done that or not. We'll know as time goes on as what that looks like. I think the most important thing we can do is have a quality environment for student athletes, Make sure we're, we've got a competitive program out there that has a chance to compete at a really high level in a really hard league. And then put on a good show in general. And then the other things, the auxiliary things that go around, if, if that becomes the defining point of whether we've got a good program or not, boy, I tell you, we're in a really not a good spot. That's not a good spot to be in. But it's a matter of trust. It's just a matter of ability to be able to manage our scene the way we think it needs to be managed for in global pieces. In a more general sense, how do you deal with the idea that some fans have that it's a, you know, I hear this all the time, the, the common, it's not about, you know, the common fan is forgotten, you know, catering to the, to the big donor. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say look at our stadium. Uh, we've reseated the entire stadium with chairbacks or benchbacks when we didn't have to do that. Most stadiums haven't done that. We've put that in every spot in our stadium. Now even the last two sections up top, we finally finished that this year and completed it. I could have stopped at any point in time and said, we're not doing that. We've kept our pricing. We, so we, we, people have got access points at multiple places in our, in our stadium, in our facilities. We haven't, we've tried to keep it to a spot where we are, it's affordable for our fans to come to games. That's hard to do in today's world with escalating prices all we've got to do. Um, it's hard to keep that. And we've had a program that we've been able probably with three bowl games in a row, we probably could arguably have gone and said, hey, we're moving up a little bit, and, and we haven't done that. We've tried to keep it where everyone has access points to be able to come to our football games. So that's, that's that piece. Um, and the third piece I would say is we've tried to connect. Uh, we're trying to stay connected to our fans. And by going out and being a part of the communities and serving and being a part of that stuff, and that may not be important to some folks. And say, ah, you can keep all that. Just, you know, we think it is important. We think it is important for our fans to go border, to, for our staff to go border to border in the state, and for us to go out and work our student athletes in the community and doing those kind of things. We think that's a part of it. And that's how we stay connected. And so, um, it may not be what every all of everybody wants, but those are things we've worked really, really hard to do. Um, and we've, uh, I think, we've been good at it. Um, in terms of, of uh, trying to, to stay connected. Uh, but it's not easy in today's world. I mean, there's, there is a, um, you know, 
if you went a decade to 15 years ago, um, there was, you know, the price of, of whatever pickup, uh, shirt, hat, car, was a little different 15 years ago than it was now or 10 years ago, whatever pickup. You know, so our goal is, is to try and keep it to a spot where um, it's manageable for our folks and uh, give them a chance to come be a part of our program. You know, whether it's an access point for women's basketball or our, our Olympic sports programs, all that stuff's been important. And it's amazing how people take pride in that. And then all of a sudden, another issue seems to overwhelm. That one issue overwhelms every other thought that they had that they enjoyed so much about the things that we do. And uh, But none of that comes without some kind of a, um, a growth. And you got to grow somewhere. And so our growth has been in other areas, just trying to enable our fans to still continue to come to games and be a part of us. And so creating, again, keeping access points available for all of our folks has been important to us. And uh, But somewhere along the way, we've got to find a way to make some, some money for our program to be able to sustain ourselves. We have not been a drain to the university. We have sustained ourselves. We have given back to the university at a high level. Um, we've created scholarships for kids on campus at a high level. We have created science buildings. We've done all of that for everyone else. So that's how we stayed connected to those things. That may not be what the answer everybody wants to hear. If it's as simple, if the popularity for me is as simple as making sure everybody's got a beer in the stands, then I'll sacrifice my popularity to make sure that I think we're doing what's right with everything else. That doesn't mean it's a perfect deal. And it may not be the answer everybody wants. Um, but for this time, this moment in time, I think we're we're in a in a in a right spot. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of the show. Thanks to Mitch Barnhart for sitting down and talking to Kyle. Thanks to Kyle for providing the audio. Thanks to Bird Sheet Metal for sponsoring this edition of the show. As we always say, please subscribe to this podcast and then share it with somebody else who would enjoy. You can follow us on social media. Kyle is at Kyle Tucker underscore ATH. I am at Curtis Birch B U R C H. And follow the show at Locked On UK on both Twitter and Instagram. That's going to do it, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. You are Locked On Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.